0: This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show.
1: I'm going to really need for you guys to step up your accents. I literally voice act on the side, and it sounds like you guys have no idea what you're doing. Neither of you can come in with, like, Clean but, words. The way you guys are announcing and pronouncing is totally off. I don't even know why I'm here half the time because neither of you can keep up with me. So what exactly? Oh, what exactly are we doing right now?
2: Blimey! Uh, um, hey, no, no excuse. Mia, we no, that's we, cool. That's cool. Mia, we, um, we we started recording a few a few seconds ago.
1: Right. Okay. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm. Hi, guys. Hi. How hey, are we doing?
2: Hey. Hey, hey, Mia! It's hey. so awesome to see you. It is.
1: It is awesome. Um, awesome. Welcome um, to High Five, everybody.
2: Yeah, we're really happy right now, and um, this episode is, is going to be it's going to be really great.
1: Um, yeah, we have the Mia, whole community together.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really it's going to be really. Um, hey, can we? Um, Best not for any reason because forever. I'm. Because I'm so excited, um, not because I want to like get through this and go crack. Can we, um, can we just high five real quick? Is that like okay?
1: Can we? Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's do it.
2: Should we high
0: five? High five! High five! High five!
2: High five! High five, son!
3: Woo! High five! Don't let me hang
2: All right. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 everybody, welcome to a, a brand new episode of High Five the Podcast where we're all real best friends in real life um, yeah, and we have always. no sort of uncomfortableness the most- behind the scenes that anybody should be concerned about. Um, Not at all. Everything is great. We hang out all the time. We love each other very, very much. Uh, <laughs> I, <forever>. I,
1: <laughs>
2: I am Q and as always, I am joined by uh, Mia. Who is the most gentle and kind person on the face of the planet the
1: gentlest
2: and Jay, who is also the 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 kindest and gentlest person on the face of the planet Hi, I'm sorry, everybody <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh you know uh, this morning I woke up thinking singing a theme song, as you both know I have a a little dude uh new addition to the family we've been watching a lot of television, and I have to share um this song that I came up with today.
3: Ready? That you came up with.
2: You made Yes. Totally original. 100%. Never love been it. sang before. Great. Uh, it, it goes, gotta get up, gotta get going. Gonna see some friends of mine. They're warm and they're fuzzy. I love them because they're just Joey, Mia and Joey. That's it. That's what I got.
3: I love it. I, I love it. That yeah. was magnificent,
2: love- 10, 10. It, it may sound a little bit like the, Win- the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh theme song. It's not. It's a completely original composition that I made because we're all just amazing friends. Uh, um, oh, and and it's, that it's is funny. the song.
3: It's funny that you mentioned that. I actually came up with a song as well for this
2: episode. You did? Because we're friends?
3: Yeah. And, and here, I'll sing. It's a totally original. Never been sung before. Okay. Thank you for being my friends. Potted down the road and back again. Your heart is true and your pals and
2: your confidants. There you go. That's, that's amazing. Like that. Thank you. Oh, you know, totally original. I've never heard that before. That sounds nope. That sounds you not similar to yeah. anything that I've heard. At all. You know, if I, if I had a if I had a party and and
3: you know we'd invite everybody that that I knew, you know I would want to I'd want you to know that the biggest gift was from me, and I I put a card on there that that said that.
2: Oh, that's that's very kind of you. Now, mm-hmm. so Mia, um, yeah. would you be able to sing us really quickly the song that you also came up with? Because you had texted me before the episode and you said our I friendship also have episode? a song. Um, I also have a song that I want to sing on air. Um, uh, so uh, uh, now that we've episode. shared ours, you go ahead with yours that you prepared ahead of time.
1: Right, 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 right. Um. So mine goes something like, you can dance if you want to. You can mm-hmm. leave your friends behind. Whoa. Friends dance behind <laughs> and they are friends of mine. Oh, oh. yay. It, took, I, it I,
2: took a turn there because for a minute it sounded like we weren't your friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're because definitely I, your friends.
3: I thoroughly dance
2: if I want to. Yes, yes. I even dance sometimes when I don't want to.
1: (laughs) You just (laughs) whip
2: them out all the time? I'm just like, I'm dancing. And my wife (laughs) is like, you should see a doctor. And I'm like, I (laughs) I think
3: that's a, I I don't think you're, you're screaming. I'm Jason Derulo and
2: having a seizure. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Jason Jason Derulo, Derulo! (laughs) yep. That's for sure, definitely. Uh, well, hey guys, I am so jazzed to talk about this subject <laughs> today because let's be honest, we've we've been friends some of us for a long time, some of us for a, a new short time, but but it feels like forever. Yeah. Um, Ouch. And have you guys, <laughs> you guys <laughs> take that how you want? And, uh, have you guys ever gotten into an argument with your best friends? Now one that maybe you couldn't come back from. Have you guys ever like had a friend that that like everything was great, you guys were inseparable, and then you had like this turning point and they they just weren't that friend anymore.
3: Yep. I yeah. A uh, short answer Jay, yes. I
2: know it's not me. So that's No, 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 no. <laughs>
3: um not yet. Um I soon There's no yet there. I- There's no yet yeah I've had um I've had experiences where, you know, like they're a frenzy. They're like moved away or you know, went to a different school or something like that, and you grow apart. But yeah, there are every now and then, uh, there were roommates I had in college where they were, you know, uh, keeping hold of the apartment while I was away at grad school, and just like, bailed on the apartment and i lost like appliances in the move because i was in another city and it was just kind of like there was a huge falling out from that and basically haven't spoken since and all this like i've had things not where it becomes an animosity driven or vengeful vengeful in any way but yeah you know you you live you
2: live long enough you you lose a few friends yeah (laughs) you live long enough to see yourself what is it become Become the enemy the villain the the villain um Mia, have you had any friends that have, have like, and I don't mean just like friends that have kind of gone by the wayside, but do you have anybody that you're like, man, we were super tight and now like, if I see them, I'd punch them in the face.
1: Ooh, ooh.
2: I
3: don't, you don't have to that tell violent. the story. But maybe you'd like shut them. You'd give them the shoulder on the, on the street. You're
1: like, eh. I I don't think I, I'm not, rem- You've you You've never know?
2: experienced that?
1: It, I have experienced friend fallouts for sure. But sure. I've always been even when it comes to ex-boyfriends, they all come back. And then <laughs> then it's fine. Sorta. Now not with the exes you're such, so much. But you're such, like, a lovely, a friend, you're such
3: a lovely
2: person. I was like just, I was like, whoa, I just right found back. out a whole new like <laughs> aspect to me as life. She's like, just like ex-boyfriends, they'll all come back. And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> You heard it here of- on the show first, everybody. Mia has a harem <laughs> <laughs> of ex boyfriends
3: that
1: are maybe boyfriends. Boyfriends. They they have all come back and we've become friends.
2: Sure. Now
1: yeah. I have had friendships end, and we have reconnected later after we've had a couple of years of growth. We have sure. developed further into who we are, and then we reconnect, and then. We try to figure out what, what's, go- so my experiences have been, they've had a, a reconnecting stage to where now it isn't like we're best friends again. But we acknowledge sure. each other existence. we check in, hey, how are you doing? That, that type of thing. So I've had ugly fallouts but not ones that have continued to last that I can remember. And if I don't remember you, then you didn't matter anyway.
0: Ouch,
2: Ooh, slam dunk in That's your face. It goes uh well then i guess i am the only one who can say that i have uh, had friends that have indeed become mortal enemies uh mm-hmm. i have uh i've experienced that nothing like in particular but i've had friends that like uh we were like so eye to eye on things for like a long period mm-hmm. of time and then we maybe hit such a divergent road now One thing I can tell you is this year that we just got out of 2020 has Mm -hmm. been a very divisive year for a lot of people. I was going to bring that
3: up after we got out of personal stuff. Uh, No, I thought, uh, well, that actually kind of plays
2: into the personal stuff. So for me, um, I feel like uh, there has been a, a, like a veil lifted in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways Uh, and you've kind of seen people for their true colors, some great some not so great um and i think that this is a perfect topic to speak about uh because we're talking about this week we're talking about friends that have become enemies so you know not just like you know jay you described and mia you've described friends that you know fell off And, you know, maybe we had a disagreement, but then they just are non-consequential. We're talking about friends who continued to stay in your life, but Mm -hmm. then have have placed themselves as opposition to you. Yeah.
3: Um, And it's 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 interesting. um, Again, I, I like how this topic aligns with the kind of the movies that we watch, because as you mentioned, Q, this past year, I mean, this past four years really has been very divisive among families and friends and social groups and especially you know these last handful of months you've seen that divide grow even even larger so there's a really serious you know personal at stake that that those d- divides drive but when we watch it in movies it's such a compelling story engine of people that are at the beginning of the story are lockstep and you see that friendship and then by the end, you watch it dissolve over two hours, two and a half mm-hmm. hours, or whatever. It's such a compelling way to tell a story that we're very drawn, I yeah. think, to those stories. While in our personal lives, we do almost everything possible to avoid that outcome. It feels like,
2: of course, sure. I just, I, I, feel, I feel like that's an interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> I I one hundred percent agree. And you know, film, television, movies uh or books uh media of any sort is filled with these kind of stories you know what i mean like it really really is um now we have talked a little bit prior to doing the episode we didn't dive in too much so we could talk about it here on the show but some of us included tv-ish related in friend frenemies if you will and some of us yeah. hewed more closely to just films. What was the criteria? Like, did you just pick, okay, well, here's a movie where a guy and another guy or a guy and a girl or two girls became enemies or like, what was your criteria for choosing your lists?
1: Um, I wanted as close of relationships as possible that weren't familial. So uh-huh. best friends. Uh, mentor mentor, teacher thing some, something where your connection was very tangible that mm-hmm. we could see it as an audience we could feel it um, some of them had like slow deteriorations mm-hmm. and then other ones were pretty much like specifically with the movie ones within the time frame that we have they went from like yeah I'm about you every day to I will end you yeah. the next time I see you that type yeah. of thing so um, I think the criteria for me specifically was how close was their initial connection to how I felt when they fell apart.
2: So you were going off of impact, essentially, yes, like, impact. like yes. how, how impactful was this like change in ideologies? Yeah. Yes.
3: All right i i like that i that was definitely i i think i'm probably of the three of us the one that stuck completely to cinema examples although i mean q you mentioned it like these stories are around forever and honestly some of the examples i came up with can be seen throughout uh, like count of monte cristo is one of the oldest story you know Alexandra Dumas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, that's about friends falling apart. You know, that but that's been made into multiple movies. It's been made into TV shows. It's a novel to start. Hell, one of the oldest stories in uh, in existence, the story of Cain and Abel is about two friends, two brothers that fall apart. Like it's yeah. it's so for me, expanding it beyond the world of movies almost opened it up to too much conversation so Mm -hmm. I tried to stick with the world of film now one thing that I did do I was pretty much focused on whether or not the falling apart of the friendship was a crucial aspect of the story Mm -hmm. it didn't necessarily have to happen in the movie itself but it had to be a central focus of the plot or narrative or conflict or something. So that's kind of the angle I was looking at is like, where in film does the falling apart of a relationship play a critical aspect to a great story? I, so I love that.
2: So for my list, I also stuck to movies, but I specifically tried to locate relationships that, that have a history beyond film so you'll see with almost every one of my choices they are relationships that don't exist just in the movie they may have been told in a book form it may have been told historically it may be have told in the real world like my relationships aren't just movies that featured that these are relationships in general that happen to be featured in a film at some point (laughs) <laughs> that featured a huge falling out. Right. Um, because to, to Mia's point, stories that have been kind of told over and over and over. And to Joey's point, like Count of Monte Cristo are ones that clearly are going to have more impact. They are told over right. and over and over for a reason. Because yeah, they're yeah. impactful. Because they have that lasting effect. And I really tried to narrow mine down to really large, impactful scenarios
3: mm-hmm. I like so, that
2: yeah I think we're gonna all have like wildly
3: different takes yeah. on this but I think I think the heart of everything that we say is probably gonna align and I'm excited to get into the lists.
2: I know? am too so I say we do it let's list a right.
0: list. list
2: this is where we make a list
0: A list One,
2: three two
1: so for my number five I have yeah. uh, the only one from the show, which is uh, from the Avatar show. It's okay, okay. not from The Last Airbender. It's from The Legend of Korra, if we want to get specific. Um, but it's Well, let's Avatar- get specific, because I don't know anything about that world.
2: I was about so, to say the same. I haven't watched any of those series. So oh inform us. Educate oh us.
1: Okay. So it's uh, Avatar Roku and Fire Lord Sozin in the okay. first show uh, Sozin is a, is a problem because his son uh, is what is who's trying to rule the rest of the planet, right? Okay. And That'll do it. Uh, That'll drive away. His a wedge. son's son is the one trying... That's, uh, that's Zuko. Prince Zuko is trying to get young Aang, the Avatar, and return him to his father and being like, here, now you can really rule over the nations because I caught the Avatar and regained his gotcha. honor and he lost it as a child. Well, Avatar Roku is the Uh, avatar who was before aang in the first one and you get a lot a lot more in-depth storytelling about him in the legend of korra so you get to actually see they started out as best friends they grew up together you know they they were both in the fire nation and then roku was picked as the avatar and so sozin felt like well, now I get to be hungry for something. Now I get to have something. And it wasn't necessarily against each other, but because Roku was picked to go this way, there was that, that natural inclination for Sozin right. to go this way. And so they ended up just uh, way far apart from each other, not hate each other, but they were on opposite sides of, of the moral spectrum. Which put them at odds together, and it impacted the rest of the storytelling for both of the shows, and you see it trickle down um, see, when you watch. I like
3: that. I like that yeah. storytelling device. Yeah. Like that's a good way to do it. And mm-hmm. and I mean, and honestly, while I can't say that I've watched that specific show, what I can say is I like the uh, the the device of when friends don't necessarily have a specific falling out moment; they're just yeah. on divergent paths and eventually come back around like you kind of see that with the prestige a little bit um yeah. you know like they're not necessarily enemy enemies but their paths require yeah. them to come back and kind of conflict very yeah. cool there's i
1: situations, uh of course you know where where they yeah, of course but heads and you're like oh my god my friend why did you do this thing and he's like i did this thing because of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know there's those things but there the, there wasn't something so Specific, like you can right. see in the memories that Roku's watching his friend, and he's like, "Oh no!" Type of <laughs> thing. putting more, it together. It's more like that. And it's it's great. It's really great. I like it.
3: That yeah. is a I like good that. Number and
1: five.
2: you are not the first person who, when I have told that I have not watched the Avatar series or the Legends of Korra, has reacted with like, "What?" I
1: so just feel like, it's something you would watch.
2: I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say, let it be known. It is on my list to watch. Like okay. it is, it is up there. But to be fair, it has many, many seasons, uh, and so it's yeah. a big commitment for me. And that's kind of the so thing I to catch up on. Yeah. And so, but it's on. It's in the cards, guys. So put down your tweets. It's happening. We're not. We're not ignoring it for any particular reason. I just haven't gotten around to it yet.
1: There
3: we go. I like it. So my number five is going to be my number five is one that I think is just kind of a classic story of this, Mm -hmm. and it is one that was adapted from a book, but it was retold so Westerns. um, I'm not the biggest Western fan in the world, but I appreciate the Westerns that really elevate the genre a lot of the Clint Eastwood stuff and Shane, um, a lot of those but what I love really about Westerns is that was their ability, especially in the 50s and 60s to take classic stories And then redo them. You have the Fantastic Seven or the Mm -hmm. Magnificent Seven, that is basically seven samurai. And so this one, my number five, is the Treasure of the Sierra Madre, because that is a telling of one of the Canterbury Tales stories. And essentially, what the whole movie is, is these three, uh, three you know cowboy convict guys. They hear about a treasure in the desert. They escape and they go to find it and. Through the act of finding the treasure, their friendship falls apart, and one by one, they kill each
2: other. Can I throw a movie out there that is a modern retelling of that that people may Please. be more familiar with? Uh, Three Kings. Uh, yes. The the Steven Soder is it Steven Soderbergh, right?
3: I think it's Marky Mark, isn't it?
2: yeah but i was gonna say the director is yeah. steven soderbergh yeah yeah yeah, yes. i believe movie uh but yeah three kings is essentially kind of a yeah. re a loose retelling of that exact yeah. story three dudes stumble upon a treasure and slowly kind of turn on each other as they it's, are overtaken with it. a simple plan is also simple or yes. is also very similar to that okay. like i said it's, these a, are, it's like, a tale as old as time well that's why i Beauty and think and the this, beast this-
3: Topic is so <laughs> it's so fun to talk about because it's just like that like the dna the heart of how that relationship splits and then tells a dramatic story mm-hmm. can be used in so many different ways and yeah and, and you know if you're going to go back to westerns like i said not all of them are worth your time but there are a, a handful like fistful of dollars the good bad and the ugly shane this one is up there for me
2: yeah i love that i, I do appreciate a good western for sure uh yeah. westerns are rife with like people backstabbing each other. You oh, know what man. I mean? Like Westerns are all about like, you know, I made you think this thing, but uh, double cross. And now I'm going to shoot you. Um, that's why they you called know, it the Wild West. It really was. It really truly really was. Uh, I love that example. Um, I think that's great. So far, I think you're both very strong. Uh, my example comes from a real world scenario that was made into a movie and the reason it made my list is because it changed the way that i look at one of the public figures that this movie was focused on and uh, my uh, what is it? my my number 5 is uh eduardo severin and, and mark zuckerberg uh from from uh um i can't social think network. of the movie net yeah social network thank you yeah um that was on my honorable mentions that's why i got excited it, because that was oh a is a fantastic movie but but b it really portrayed this kind of i mean talk about a a betrayal once once yeah. like money starts to flow you know money seems to be an oft dividing uh <laughs> factor in relationships. You know what I mean? Once the money comes in, then you see where your allegiances really lie. And I will say, uh, Andrew Garfield, I've had my like ups and downs with him as an actor. I think he's good. Uh, he's kind of hit or miss for me sometimes, but I will say that the, the scene where he is essentially being told that he is screwed, uh, while surrounded by Justin Timberlake and uh, Jesse Eisenberg is one of the most like gut wrenching scenes to like watch him essentially be like s- run through with a sword, but just verbally. And you can, it's a fantastic performance. Yeah. You can see it on his face. um, Where it's just like an utter betrayal. It's an utter backstabbing is what he feels like. And it really.
1: Eduardo. I haven't seen the movie.
2: Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> uh, so quick, quick background is Mark yeah. Zuckerberg and Uh, was a programmer Mm -hmm. and uh, eduardo saverin is kind of a rich kid and he essentially bankrolled getting facebook off the ground um and then without him uh, it would not have happened it wouldn't have happened like he was a co-owner co-founder through and through when it got big enough uh jesse eisenberg started having conversations with i forget the guy's guy's name i want to say it was a mark uh, something else mark but it essentially was another them, but it was investor is the guy who napster. started
1: napster okay okay okay
2: and he ended up bringing him on as a financial partner and the two of them essentially pushed eduardo severin out of the business like but the so he way, was the way,
3: they...
2: the way they did it go yeah. ahead no
3: I was about to say the way they did it was like through all this like weird corporate bureaucratic legalese and having him sign like different things and ownership contracts and percentage giveaways and stuff that the Napster guy was very, very familiar with because of all of his legal troubles and Eduardo and Mark Zuckerberg were
2: not. So and so essentially they, basically basically they screwed him, him out. Yeah. On purpose. Like it was soup. It's super fucked up and super like backstabby. Um, and you also had like the Winkle or the Winkle twins were involved in that kind of backhanded. You need you should watch the Social Network if you hadn't. It's just a great movie yeah. on its own. Like it's a really well done movie, but it totally changed w- whether it's one hundred percent accurate or not. It totally changed the way that I view Mark Zuckerberg. Like mm-hmm. I yeah. immediately was like, dude, you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? And I was honestly, like, you're you like last, a bad like, two- dude. These last
3: two years have not helped his reputation. No, it's only he, kind of solidified. He went solidified hardcore that. after that movie came out. He went hardcore. Was like, I'm a I'm good like, dude.
2: Yeah, here's charity. I love people. I'm like, I'm really, really good. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. he. Okay. So, no. so that was my number five. Is and it was uh, also Eduardo. the movie where
3: we were like, wait a minute, Trent Reznor can make movie scores. Yeah, Let's put him in everything.
2: That's true. It was also the movie where I was like, wait a minute, David Fincher continues to be an amazing director. Excellent. <laughs> David Fincher is wonderful. And it was a like if you like House of Cards and that kind of like intrigue and political kind of bureaucratic uh, backstabbiness, then okay. you would love The Social Network because it is it is exactly that kind of dry story.
1: Okay.
3: I will also, since you mentioned David Fincher, uh, just throw with this out as a recommendation for everybody, watch Mank on, on Netflix. It's awesome.
2: I have heard, I haven't watched it yet. I've actually heard mic, very mixed reactions. So here's the thing. The movie itself is
3: fantastic. Whether or not it's accurate to what happened behind the scenes of Citizen Kane, I'm not going to speak to. The movie like production is as a fantastic. movie. David Fincher, David Fincher used the same like editing techniques and software and devices and skills as they did in the thirties when they were making Citizen Kane, like the same types of wipes, direction cues. Um, Trent Reznor did the entire score with instruments and recording equipment. that was only available to make scores for movies in the twenties and thirties. Like it is great if you want to just see Hollywood in the thirties. It, as opposed to, did Mankiewicz really write as much of Citizen and Kane, and how much uh, involvement
2: did Orson Welles actually have? I think most of that's probably wrong, but the movie itself is real good. <laughs> and that and that is a trusted opinion because Jay, out of the three of us, is the certified film critic.
1: Yep,
3: that's, tr- that's true. So you have to listen to me.
2: You have to. Those are the them's the rules. Them's the rules. Right. Um, I love that. Enough of my sweet,
3: Mia. Back to four, please take yes. it away. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, my number four. I'm actually switching my around, mine around as we're as we're going. Oh,
2: nice. I my like number that. one is still
1: my number one, but yeah, as we're is. talking, I'm like,
2: yeah, fluid here. list, fluid list.
1: Yeah. Um. So never do that on the show. <laughs> my number four is actually Peter Parker and harry osborne are not about is
2: peter parker and harry
3: osborne <laughs> yes! but like in general or like a specific film
1: um i i want to be specific to the original spider-man trilogy and then of course number three uh sure. two and three um but mostly three i just feel like
3: the, Primarily Franco and uh, Maguire. Yes. The,
1: the okay. de- de- evolution, de- I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce that wrong. The
3: evolution. De- evolution the evolution right.
1: Okay. The de-evolution of their friendship is delicious to watch, in my opinion. And yeah. we all collectively don't like three as a movie, but in terms of how their friendship falls apart. Yeah.
3: I would totally say if all the (laughs) Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies that are out there, Mm -hmm. while I have my problems with the original trilogy, specifically three and some other things, Mm -hmm. I do think their version of the Harry Osborn, Peter Parker story is by far the strongest. By far the strongest.
2: Uh, So I I had it on there for all of the exact same reasons. So (laughs) for me, the scene in particular, that gets me that really sticks with me is that moment where Spider-Man is lying injured on the couch after a fight and Harry pulls his mask off and sees Peter's face for the first time and has it. And you know, James Franco is another one for me, kind of a hit or miss actor. Sometimes he's really, really great. Sometimes he's really, really bad. When he dedicates himself to a role, I think in this, in this moment, the look on his face when the realization hits that in the Raimi verse that, that his best friend killed his father is essentially crushing. Like, yeah, like that is that moment and that look on his face and like horror that like, not only did I already ha- hate Spider-Man because I know my dad like turned into a bad dude and, mm-hmm. and got murdered, but right. But now the fact that like my best and most trusted friend turns out to be the one that that did that betrayal is fucking like gut wrenchingly heartbreaking like and I know that's a crazy thing to say necessarily about like the but no, but it is though. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy but that it really, really is. And even though necessarily in the comic books, that's not necessarily how their relationship plays out. They do become enemies, but it's not necessarily always because Peter killed his dad, right. Um, but they do become it enemies. Way. It originally. works better. And that concept of them, not just becoming like not friends, like Eduardo Severin right. and uh it, it, this was them actually becoming Trying to it, like kill each other. Each other. <laughs> You know what I mean? And that is uh that's a really sad concept to me. Yeah. Um and I when I think about those things, I think about like and the closest thing I could relate is to is like if I found out that Jay killed one of my parents. One that you I liked. can't even yeah, <laughs> I can't even imagine Yeah, what that would feel like, like what that would do to my like mental stability. You know what I mean? Glad you mentioned that, Q. I do have something I need to talk to you about. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) did you kill my parents? Cause awesome. Well,
3: I was Uh, sent on a secret mission with some code words, and I crashed their car on a dark, snowy road. Oh, perfect! Thank you, Winter Soldier.
2: (laughs) Bucky, no! So yeah, so that's that's why it's my number four as well. So Mia, I, solid. I, I
3: love it. I unfortunately am not going to share the comic book connection, but Q, I am going to share my number four with a connection on with something on your list because mm. my number four is also a David Fincher movie. And my number four is Fight Club. Oh. Interesting. So let me explain, because I know there's a couple people, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, for Fight Club, But I know there's a couple of people that are like, wait, he can't turn into an enemy because Tyler Durden wasn't real. I love that concept of this is a loner. He connects with the only other person he can find that turns out to be his id himself. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the course of the movie, as he comes to the realization of his own personal strength, he has to then go to war with his id and what he has created with his id. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think I've that the fight club is one of my favorite films is one of my favorite books. I love David Fincher as the director. I love Brad Pitt and Edward Norton as actors. Um, I think, uh, Oh, Helena Bonham Carter in that movie kills it with her role. So everything about it works for me as a story of a relationship falling apart. And mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it
2: just, it had to be on the list. I, uh, I really, I really like that.
1: Um, not an honorable mention for me.
2: That is an interesting oh, concept though, simply because you're right. It isn't, it isn't necessarily two like physical real beings mm-hmm. that formed a fin- friendship yeah. that is then severed. Um, but you think it so is like I when like you're it. watching
3: the, yeah. the connection you make of them is
2: as friends. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's cool. I, I like that that's on your list. Very, very much. So. All right. So Mia, number three. My number three.
1: Is from the prestige Rupert Angier and Alfred Borden. And it's in
2: the prestige yes. earlier. Yeah,
3: I almost
1: oh,
2: had that on my mentions. list.
1: It got nicked right
2: mentions. before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's just, a great movie, by the way. It, it is really a
1: great really is a
2: really under viewed movie as well. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. How have have more people not seen this? It's just, it's it's delicious. The acting is great. The color toning is great, personally, because I I pay attention to that when I'm watching films because I'm a color freak. But I just- But good, the colorist
3: of the movie is very appreciative of you doing that. Not enough people acknowledge things like that.
1: Okay. (laughs) I just feel like these two actors together Mm. need- I would love to see them in more films together because the way they bounced off of each other, they owned their own scenes like individually. And then when they were together, I could not, I don't even remember who else was in the film because I just loved watching the two of them so much.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, again, talk about great directors. Christopher Nolan, like before the Batman fame, he's always known how to work a camera. And then you've got, you know, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Everybody who's listened to our show more than two episodes knows that I'm madly in love with Hugh Jackman and his abilities across yes. the board. Singing, huge acting, weightlifting. I, so yeah, this, this was uh, an honorable mention for me. This is another one where I did read the book and loved the book of it. But The Prestige is such a weird movie because it's that like, period piece but it has all of these steampunky ideas but none of the steampunk aesthetic to it it's like sci-fi in uh you know in that time period i I don't know it's great and everything about the
1: fine line in the right way
3: yeah it does totally agree i love it
2: uh i i also love that movie it like i said it was very 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 close to being on my list you also get uh, a performance by am i Wrong, misremembering this when you get David Bowie as Nikola Tesla in that movie? That yes,
3: yes he's I in that so, one. Yes. That's not The Illusionist. That's the Edward Norton right. one that doesn't have Nikola Tesla
2: in it. Right. Okay. But it's got it's you get uh, a performance by uh David Bowie as Nikola Tesla and Andy Circus as like his assistant. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that being the first time that I remember seeing Andy Circus not in a mocap suit, which let's, let's give credit where credit is due. He's an amazing actor. He He is, he killed it in black Panther. Oh, uh, I want to see him on screen more. I'm so pumped that he's playing Alfred in the new Batman movie. I think that is, I'm, I'm just all about that life. So anyway, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a great movie and a very, once again, a sad kind of deterioration in a friendship that ultimately leads to doom for like everyone involved you know what i mean like it it ultimately leads to a very dark place for everyone it's 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 that's a really solid choice yeah i agree um
3: so my number three is I referenced it. I made a joke about it a little bit earlier, but honestly, it's one of my favorite movies in this universe. And I think one, a great representation of this idea. But my number three is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I kind of went back and forth between Civil War and Winter Soldier because Civil War is kind of based around that idea. But in Mm -hmm. my mind, the reveal of Bucky as the Winter Soldier and the connection with the first Captain America, the first Avenger, which Q, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, tepid on i'm fine with it but sure the winner soldier was so good and the the context of their friendship being that made main conflict of these two super soldiers i i just i loved it i wanted at least one that was in the uh superhero world and i went back about what between like three or four one of them q i think might be on your list or i know you at least considered in the superhero world with this story. But I just, I ended up landing on Winter Soldier as I think the key prime example of
2: those two powerful forces coming to head. I think that's an awesome example. I also will point out a very rare circumstance where they are friends that become enemies that then become friends again.
1: Yes. You know what I mean?
2: Like, eventually, yes. <laughs> right. Like that is an interesting arc. You know, most of these yeah end like we've kind of mentioned in doom and yeah. gloom like it usually doesn't yeah. repair itself uh mom and dad are not getting undivorced like this is you know once but, it happens like but it gives permanent. you hope because sometimes people can be unbrainwashed i agree so and hope. i i find that i find that interesting like i think that that was also an interesting key that kind of gets turned later thematically. Like, yes, you have these people who were like best friends and looked out for each other, then become diametrically opposed to each other by not necessarily forces under their own control. And then once those forces are removed, they have the opportunity of rebuilding, even though damage has been done to that friendship, they have the opportunity to kind of reconnect and i, I love yeah. that choice i think that's a really interesting once again so far Thank you. from you definitely two very strong but very like unique yeah. like dynamics um so my number uh 4 or where are we 3 3 okay yeah, 3 <laughs> my number 3 uh is once again a tale as old as time l- like l- literally uh my my number 3 is the Judas Jesus relationship from Ooh. Jesus Christ Superstar particularly. Oh
1: wow. Um
2: I've had some really intense debates over this movie with people. Um for a couple reasons. One, I think it is maybe maybe um the best musical that Andrew Lloyd Webber has ever made like Ooh, bold period. claim, but okay. the music, the music, I don't, I don't know if it is, if you really think about it, the music is music quality that could have gotten radio play in the seventies yeah. when it was written. It's very rock music driven. It's very easily updatable. It doesn't necessarily always sound show tuny. It just kind of sounds right. funky. There are some, there are some songs in particular that just sound like really like uh, theatrical rock ballads. You know what I mean? Like some of them did get radio play. I'm sure. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But the most fascinating thing that I found about this movie is everybody who has had some sort of brush with religion at any point knows the Jesus-Judas dynamic. Jesus is the son of God and Judas betrayed him to the Romans so that um, he could essentially... Uh, fulfill the prophecy of being turned over and dying for everybody's sins, yada yada. Right. The thing that I found interesting, and I've argued this with several people because people will argue Jesus Christ Superstar is about Jesus. And I have mm. argued that Jesus Christ Superstar is about Judas, it is Judas's story. And if anything, Jesus Christ Superstar. Has turned Judas into a sympathetic character. You mm-hmm. understand why, or at least Andrew Lloyd Webber's interpretation of why he did the things that he did. And in some instances, and this may like outrage people, so I'm prepared uh, to hit, <laughs> hit the hit the dump button if I'm like, you know, offending too many people. In some ways andrew lloyd weber's musical turns jesus into an unsympathetic character you start to kind of feel like he is getting carried away with believing his own hype and judas is trying to like rein him in out of cautious fear of things going wrong and people can interpret that as cowardly but i know many people in life who have had that same thought process and are better for it there is some level of restraint that should be exercised so the reason that i find this relationship so interesting is because judas in the story genuinely cares for jesus it's his best friend in this telling and jesus genuinely cares for judas and throughout the story of jesus christ superstar judas keeps trying to warn his friend he's like hey man Listen, I was 100% on board with you when this like whole ideology started to grow and I love the message that you're teaching. But recently, this idea of the fact that you are a savior from God has entered into the equation. And I'm telling you, as your friend, that it may start to muddle the message that you're trying to send. And not only that, it puts all of us who have helped you spread this message in danger. Like it is it is putting all of us in danger to which Jesus kind of responds with no, man, don't even fucking worry about it. All right. Like everything's fine. You just chill out. You're not me. And I'm leading this cause. And multiple times throughout the musical Jesus or Judas keeps pleading with Jesus, Jesus, please. Like I'm telling you, things are getting out of control. They're escalating. Please, 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 please. There's multiple songs about it. And ultimately it ends the way that that story ends, which is Judas betrays Jesus by selling him out to the Romans, except in the musical it's portrayed as Judas. Judas feels like he has no other way to stop this mass essentially this mass insanity that's going to be caused by this this outrage that jesus is causing other than to sacrifice his best friend to basically cut the head off of the 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 snake Snake? before it gets further and i always found that so interesting because you never hear that side of the story it's always like jesus good judas bad you know what i mean
3: It's an interesting concept as well because in that, and let's even take it from the we can take it from the biblical angle as well. Sure, the role that Judas played had to happen. Like Mm -hmm. someone had to be that betrayer. It happened. It ended up. You know, yes, someone had to be that catalyst. So Mm -hmm. if you believe, you know, the Jesus angle, if he knew the bigger story, so he knew that all this had to happen in a particular way, even though Judas was telling him to hold off. It make it makes Judas more of a victim in all of it to say like right. you, and th- had to, you had to be this character, and history is gonna hate you for it
2: forever. And they and they essentially have that exploration of that character in Judas's final song before he kills himself. Uh, spoiler alert for the Bible, right. uh, I guess. <laughs> um, it's been out for like thousands of years. Like, I'm sorry. Spoilers are okay now. Uh he kills himself but his final song is essentially him saying like i didn't want to be the bad guy like i i don't want to go down in history as 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 this traitor because i'm because i'm not i did this because i thought it's what best and and it turns out My best friend knew I was going to do this all along. So I feel now I feel like a scapegoat. I feel like a patsy. I feel like I was forced into this hand. And I think that's a really interesting like exploration of that character because that's not like definitively Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical is not in the Bible. He played very fast (laughs) and loose with his interpretations of the story. But I think it's an interesting perspective to look at and one that's not often told. And it's definitely one of the saddest. Like it feels once you reach the end of that musical, nobody wins. Like it's a bad, like it's a sad outcome. Jesus dies. Judas dies. And they both die thinking they did the right thing, but questioning whether they did or not. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's such an interesting but they once again started over here as best friends <laughs> yeah. on the same mission like the same goal and then they both just like you're not to compare uh avatar to the bible but uh <laughs> but I'm going to just like you had said they they were two friends who were pulled by destiny mm. in mm. opposite directions not necessarily because they hated each other but because it was what yeah. their life had to come well, to you know what I mean and again talking about a you know tale as old as time you know
3: referencing that is you see this story again and again and again and again even playing out in real life scenarios we got a movie coming out in a couple months called Judas and the black messiah and it's yep. about the someone who was a follower and a devotee of Malcolm X slowly turning against him and being the catalyst for Malcolm X, you know, everything that ended up with with Ooh. his demise like
0: right.
3: yeah so it, it like it is a story that and and uh i'll probably reference it again later but it's a story that that repeats and so i think it's a great choice definitely it's a good strong yeah. way and to I, wrap up our 30s
2: i will say i actually that being said i feel bad that it's so low uh, that it's at number three because i feel like it's weird that i'm gonna have two more that i'm like this is a better story than the bible like <laughs> it it's better than jesus that fee that feels weird but, like, in reality, I do think, you know, some of the other stories are more approachable um, than that one. Uh, but, yeah, it had to be on my list. So thanks. Yeah. I like thanks it. for listening to, to my TED Talk. Uh, I appreciate it. Now let's hear from some sponsors and their TED Talks. And the weeds C'est I'm so sorry. I'm trying my hardest. I can't understand anything. Where's c'est un
3: français cons. Les ambigues sont les effets de ton Les boules et When I signed up for a French class, I didn't understand that fighting was the only way that I could learn French. God. D'accord, c'est un
2: français de Le oui, c'est de Elle est
3: learn French.
2: Right, so this brings us in. All right, uh, now that all I've right. raised the mood with Bible chat, uh, yeah. let's uh, let's get to Mia, Mia. and what your which number three is. Number what's two. your favorite Bible story? Oh, sorry, I was about to say, Mia? what's your
3: Jesus movie? <laughs>
1: um, my number two is Professor X and Magneto. Mm. Ooh, from first class. The answer is just- yes. to All. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got, I got you, I got you. I mean, I've read stories. I know of stories where where there are plot things that bring them, like force them to work right. together and then there's, there's, you know, stuff like that or like they have their alone moments when they're not being Professor X and Magneto right. and being Eric and Charles and, you know, they're having those moments together. But overall, they started out, joined at the hip and now they have basically their own factions and they're yeah, but, operating under entirely different pretenses for what for the goals that they're trying to achieve, which are not the same at all. Right. And so that oh. puts them at odds. And I feel like it's it's it sounds like it's quintessential, but there's nothing quintessential about it because right. when friends come together and they fall apart, they're supposed to like stay. That's the quintessential part. Yeah. They stay that way. You yeah. end the story heartbroken for the two of them but it breaks my heart even more watching them like reconnect the few times that they have to reconnect. And then once again, as soon as they walk away from each other, like, all right, Eric, all right, Charles, I'll see you later. We're going to duke it out later. It's just to constantly be at odds with each other because of where you stand Emotionally, mentally, psychologically, yeah. like it's in your soul. This is what
3: diametrically opposed.
1: Yeah, yeah, but the level of respect and love that they have for each other, I think that that only adds to the complexity of their relationship, which is why it's so impactful for me as a viewer, as yeah. a viewer, as a someone who's been been watching yeah. this friendship unfold for so many years. Like it, it, it will always affect me watching. The two, I mean, bonus points for the actors that they picked for young people. Sure, sure, sure. But but overall, in terms of storytelling, it will always impact me watching two best friends who want so bad. I think that's what makes it so different. Want so badly to work yeah. together, want so badly to be on each other's side, but they can't. They can't. That's, yeah. what, that's what tears it
3: apart. I agree. Is. Man, that's uh, a strong one. Uh,
2: that is a I- strong one. I like that. Jay, what do you got to combat your friend Mia?
3: So my my number 2 is is uh taken in one movie. Um and so it's not part of a universe or anything, but I do think it's one of those movies that tells this story in a to use Mia's word in a quintessential way. Um and this is single white female.
2: So man, that is unusually high on the list for single white female. But go ahead. Please explain. The, that's whole- not an awesome movie. It's, I think it's a good movie, but it is, All right. uh, it
3: is very centrally focused around Jennifer Jason Lee and uh, Bridget Fonda's roommate friendship and then how it falls apart via obsession and desire and jealousy. and those. So like for me, the entire crux of that story mm-hmm. is basically a high concept thriller, which we don't get a lot anymore, and I love those. Yeah. But it is completely around this friendship starting, growing, and then disastrously and murderously falling apart. So that for me was, it, was, it encapsulated, I thought, the idea of this topic so good. And that was why it was, I, I kind of juggled it around between three and two, but I just thought it was so specifically focused on this idea of friends becoming enemies and how that could happen within a, the female world, which I don't have context for. So it yeah. was very interesting for me to watch in that in that way. So that was why it's high on my list. And that's answer. why it's, say so what?
1: Was the impact stronger because it was a situation that you're like, in terms probably, of- the, yeah.
3: okay. Probably. If, like the impact was like, wow, this seems- like really, really dangerous and out there. And people were like, yeah, this is, this is, this is pretty accurate. And it was like, I don't know. It just, it was, I don't know. It was when, when the, when this topic came up, that movie popped into my mind pretty quickly as like, that's what this movie is. So that's why it's, that's why it's high. And that's why I like it. And for whatever reason, Jennifer Jason Lee is amazing. I've loved her since breakfast club and she is great in this movie as a psycho. Great.
2: Nice. Nice uh interesting i just find it not that it's bad i just find it as an interesting choice especially placed (laughs) so high Um, uh it's just
3: it it fit the topic so well for me
2: i dig that uh all right so my number two may be argued that it's too low by some people um but uh and it's actually interchangeable with two friends that were betrayed essentially by this person two friends one in a television series and one in a movie Uh (laughs) i love it i think i think mia knows where i'm going with this so my number two is going to be anakin skywalker and obi-wan kenobi
0: that's a a good one
2: and my alternate is ahsoka tano Mm -hmm. and anakin skywalker both gut-wrenching betrayals of a friendship and yeah um in different ways in similar ways Mm -hmm. um ahsoka and anakin in a mentor and friend role and then also obi-wan and anakin in a mentor and friend role with the roles reversed um there was a there was a familial feel to the Anakin and Obi-Wan. So if we're going, if, if all bets are off the table, I'm going to put forth both because I think, I think they both exist in the same universe. They both involve the same central character. And I think they were both equally as, as impactful and hurtful. Um, but we'll talk Obi-Wan first. So the, the main kind of crux here that put it so high on the list was, um, Obi-Wan was told from the beginning as was Qui-Gon Jinn in the prequel trilogy that Anakin should not exactly that Anakin should not be trained. He was told he shouldn't, he shouldn't be trained because it's too dangerous. He has darkness within him and it's dangerous. Qui-Gon Jinn said, I hear you, but I got to go with my gut on this one and we're going to train the guy. Then Qui-Gon dies. And then Qui-Gon asks Anakin or asks Obi-Wan to train him. So now Obi-Wan is like, okay, I have to carry on the mantle that my, you know, mentor set out for me. And they kind of grow up together in a way. Obviously Obi-Wan is much older than Anakin, but they kind of go through the learning process and experience together, you know, and or Obi-Wan wasn't ready to not be a Padawan. I don't think anymore, and Anakin wasn't obviously ready to be trained at all. Mm-hmm. And they both kind of learned together. And so there's a line that really rang true to me when Obi-Wan says we were brothers. Yeah. To Anakin, because in his mind and I got that through the story progression, they, they were like, they were, f- they were family. You know what I mean? Like it's beyond just being friends. Like, like i love and trusted you and so to see this kind of darkness well up in anakin and to have that battle um that final battle which is just like still one of like the prequel movies i have my issues with like no doubt Sure, yes but i feel like that whole arc is something i don't have a problem with i like where that went even if it went bad i like where it went i think it was appropriate and it's, it makes for the end of that movie is heart-wrenching. You watch yeah. this and you actually feel bad. And that's not because Hayden Christensen is an amazing, amazing actor. Because <laughs> no, he's not. he's not. He's not, but, but, uh, conversely it is because, and I can't think of his name right. Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor is McGregor. a fantastic actor.
3: Yeah. Well, do, and, your your uh, mention of his delivery of, we were brothers. Like it's such a good delivery.
2: It really is, and it's sad, and you feel it, and you're just like, oh my god, like that, ow, ouch, <laughs> yeah. you know, ouch. And Man, then, I love it. conversely, with the Ahsoka one, I won't dive as deep, because unless you've watched the Clone Wars series. Which um, I have
3: not. Same.
2: Which you have or you haven't, I have Mia? have not oh my god listen we're gonna to get to it. it we are on
3: it's list. on our list yeah,
2: yeah i will say i will say especially if you want to really revel in the 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 importance of her character popping up in mandalorian right. and you want to like really understand the kind of gravity of what's happening mm-hmm. um it it will benefit you greatly some of the seasons are kind of hard to get through the first one is pretty rough um, but it does get better, and, and then it gets like really, really good. That's what
3: um, I've heard. So
2: it's on our list. I'll get there. Yeah. I'm excited to, to see it. But that relationship, too, was just heart wrenching. Ahsoka was trained by Anakin, um, and looked, looked up to her much the way he looked up to Obi Wan. And uh, they have in the Clone Wars, and I don't want to spoil any of that stuff if you guys sure, haven't sure. seen it. They have, there are some really good scenes where they actually kind of have a showdown similar and it's pretty heart-wrenching. Again, it's pretty gut-wrenching, like just to see people be like, I don't like, I don't want to hurt you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want, like, please don't force me to have to fight you because I like, it's the last thing that I want, please. Yeah. And that, those kind of relationships are are crazy. Um, and so that's why it's my number two it's not my number 1 because I think there's one that's even more kind of intense than that but it, it had to be high 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 on my list Yeah, because that's a good one. it's maybe some a good of the one. best storytelling from yeah. the the Star Wars averse
3: I I love it. That was uh, I had Obi-Wan and Anakin as one of my honorable mentions and it was one that I uh I'm glad that you brought it up. And I'm 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 kind of relishing that I should have had it on my list now. All um, right yeah, yep. number one.
2: Well, fluid lists are oh fluid, goodness. just so you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my number one is Obi-Wan and Anakin.: Yeah.
2: Look at that. Right
1: here. Anakin is a pain in my ass. <laughs> he hurt his best friends, and he hurt his woman. She did, first off, I have opinions about the princess. We don't have to get into it at the moment, but just he was the worst. He was a flawed (laughs) character. I appreciated the buildup of someone who was supposed to be a star just come crashing down. Mm -hmm. Like he was the hope. Everyone was invested in him. They all believed he was supposed to turn the tides and then he didn't. And watching the people who invested so much into him just also crumble after realizing what was happening to, like af- like after it hit them, oh, he's not with us anymore. C- cool, great. This is gonna be so much fun for the next few years.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I feel like when it comes to, I'm a huge Ewan McGregor fan. So watching this man who is growing up also raise somebody else, putting so many hours love, Mm -hmm. attention, even though they're not supposed to, you know, feel things or whatever. You know, he put love and attention and care into Anakin. You feel it in in every movie as he's trying to figure himself out. He's trying to help Anakin figure himself out. And just the, the, I'm not wearing a necklace, but it felt like I had a necklace on for a second. So that (laughs) that was weird. Um, The
2: force necklace.
1: (laughs) I had, I just... (laughs)
2: that was actually me through the screen
3: (laughs) (laughs) but just like really lightly (laughs) like necklace
2: (laughs) yeah it was like this i was just like "Mm."
1: (laughs) i i just watching watching anakin just fuck up everything and everyone Uh. you you feel everyone fall apart it's so, yeah. it, it was the most impactful. And, and I feel like it was even more impactful with, you know, the c- chronological thing that they did yeah. with it. You feel it more because you see, you see Darth Vader, you see all the stuff that he's done, and yeah. then you see Anakin, and you see him get there. And there are some people who are like, yeah, I get to watch him become Darth Vader. But then there's people like myself where I'm just like, this, this And I'm just (laughs) angry. I'm angry for all of these characters who loved him.
2: So I think essentially it should have been the, I think the intention of George Lucas was let's tell Luke's story again. But what if he went the opposite direction? Like maybe it's, it's essentially the same story. He even kind of goes on the same journey at be, albeit in the prequel trilogy at like a much younger age but essentially right. it's kind of a similar story but instead of choosing the light he gives way to the dark side and yeah i think if it were told that way as opposed to the way that it kind of was which felt kind of haphazard and like yeah well we oh he needs yeah. to end up here and there's like a weird age discrepancy between amidala and and yeah, Anakin. Yeah. like she's like 15 and he's like five when they meet yeah. and it's like like that whole thing was weird it was just like i feel like there were things that were just like like not like half baked ideas there, that there were, there were like, pieces yeah, of the puzzle this that would that be of cool. hammered and cut to fit like they weren't they're supposed like, to go there they just know right. the piece had to be in the puzzle somewhere Right, but it doesn't. I do think to agree with you, Mia, that at the end of the day, that re- it doesn't make that relationship any less impactful of how it played right. out. Yeah. Um, which is which is sad, and adds very interesting context to the fact that Obi Wan then went on to train Luke because Obi Wan yeah. has seen firsthand what can happen when things get out of control and to kind of take Luke under his wing was a huge risk. Yeah. And it really like adds just another layer to that character.
1: I yeah. think that's interesting that you say that. In my head, when I'm watching uh, Luke and Obi-Wan, I'm thinking this is my chance to get it right.
2: Yeah, this like redemption. Yeah, Def- yeah. Oh, definitely. But what happens if it doesn't? Mm. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> you know I what I mean? The then you failed twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why I'm not, I don't disagree with you. I totally think he saw it as this yeah. chance for redemption, but at the same time, you got to think that he had it in his head. That was like, fuck, what happens if this happens again? Yeah. You know what like, I mean? Am I like,
3: going to be the Jedi that goes down in history as being Sith
2: peached twice? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Like, the Empire already banned his social media accounts. Like, he can't talk to anybody <laughs> yeah. across
3: oh the God, galaxy.
1: Some gold sometimes, I swear. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Every now and then. I love that. No, I, I agree. I think that, man, that one's, that one's really strong. All right, Jay. Oh. So, my number one is actually my Judas story. It's not a okay. Jesus story movie but it is the same story and to me and Q you've heard me talk about this movie before i think it's one of the most well acted well directed most beautiful movies in a while and it's the assassination of Jesse James by the mm. coward Robert Ford that was
1: on my honorable is, mentions
3: one it's just beautiful if you haven't seen the movie you need to watch it i but still I, haven't seen that movie oh man but here's the thing q It is the story Jesus Christ Superstar set in the Robert Ford, Billy the Kid world, because Robert Ford adores Billy the Kid and then becomes one of his disciples, his followers, his gang members. And Billy the Kid starts to get famous, starts to get richer and more powerful. And Robert Ford is like, you're going to cause all of us to get arrested and murdered because you're showboating. Like you're becoming too big for your own legend. And eventually that's what drives him. Is basically saying, I have to save everybody by turning in Jesse James or yeah, not Billy kid, Jesse James. And it's so it is very much that Judas story in that world. And man, I just love the way that they tell it. So for me, it was just cream of the crop, friends, enemies, Judas story, Beautiful movie, great acting. It, yeah, it's uh, it nailed
2: it. It nailed it in my mind. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, my number one, uh, is shared with Mia in that our ours were flip flopped. My number one is Professor Xavier and Charles. Nice. Uh, yep, and uh and Magneto. Um, here, uh, so. Yes, mine is based on the first class story. That sure,
3: because that's ultimately I think specifically their falling apart story.
2: Yeah, right. Um, so if we're going movies, it's that. But the idea of two people who, and Mia, you kind of touched on it when you were talking about it. Ultimately, at their core still remain friends even while they're enemies. Mm -hmm. So, and that kind of set that relationship apart from any of the other ones that we've discussed up to this point is because they still give each other leeway. They still give each other kind of that room. Now, granted, they will fight to stop each other if push comes to shove, but ultimately they still hope that at some point they can reconcile. At some yeah. point they can both join the same team. And I think
3: that I think deep down, they each have the, the hope that the other person will turn and see their side of the argument. Yes.
2: Absolutely. And I think for me, that's the most interesting kind of relationship yeah. is, you know, all the other ones that I've talked about up to this point, there were definitive splits and points of view and it sent the people in opposite directions, but there was no sort of like reconciliation It was, well, you're wrong and I'm no longer going to try and turn you to see my idea. Now you're just my enemy. Mm -hmm, And the fact that these characters continue on their interactions and sometimes work together against the common evil, Mm -hmm. even, um, I find so interesting. And it, it feels more emotionally true because let's be honest, we kind of figured that out when we were talking at the beginning and i asked you guys mm-hmm. if you've ex- ever experienced these relationships very rarely are relationships that cut and dry yes. very yeah. rarely are the interactions with people well we're either best friends or now we're enemies um there's always kind of shades of gray and i think that relationship has best explored mm-hmm. the shades of gray it has best explored that like listen, I don't want to hurt you. And I know ultimately you don't want to hurt me. I will, if I have to, but I would much rather see if we can come to some other solution to work around this or better yet, I'll just stay out of your way. You stay out of my way and we'll both work to our own ends. you go live on
3: an Island somewhere. I'll run a school.
2: (laughs) And the interesting part for me too, was I understand both sides yeah like in what they're calling for i understand it you have uh magneto on one side who is essentially you know if we want to like boil it down to real world specifics is a civil rights leader um he's essentially saying that he he is a malcolm x type character he's galvanized and he is aggressively fighting the powers that be and then you have Magneto, who I would almost say is more of a, or I mean, not Magneto, Charles Xavier, who is almost a Martin Luther King kind yeah. of example yeah. in that, who says, "Okay, we can fight back, but we're going to do it peacefully. We're not going to, we're not going to actually kind of disrupt, you know." And then so it, it, it tells a very classic story that's very true in history, yeah. um, but you understand both sides, and really neither one is 100% good or 100% bad. They've both done things that are questionable, but ultimately their intentions are good. Magneto is trying to not have mutants be persecuted on the scale that they are. Mm -hmm. Charles Xavier is trying for the same thing, but he's using different tactics to get that right in game. And so that for me is why it was my number one. I think it's the most dynamic. I think it's the most interesting layer of friends becoming enemies. And I think it is, like all of them, a relationship that's echoed through multiple stories across multiple different mediums. Um, So that's why it's my ultimate number one kind of friends turned enemies.
3: Mm -hmm. Man, I love it. We, uh, well, I, I can tell you uh, when, we're, when we're doing our combined list, Obi-Wan and Professor X and all them need to be like one and two. Yeah. You guys I, shared those. I
1: actually think
3: Such Professor good points. X
1: and Magneto need to be number one, honestly.
3: I am I agree. I'm fine with that. I'm down with that too. I am fine with that. So that makes Obi-Wan and Anakin number two, which I'm also fine with that. Um, So the rest is we got to fill out the bottom of the list.
2: And like it's we totally like, a free-for-all because we're all we all yeah. got different choices on there.
3: Yeah. I would love to recommend that the assassination of Jesse James be number three because it's a Judas story. And and Q, you said you also had a Judas story. And Mia, you said Jesse James was on your honorable mentions. It was that was the only that's the only reason I'd push for that one is number yeah. three or four. Um, but I, I think that one should be on there
2: somewhere. I I would totally be down with that. I almost think And we can figure out how to rank them. But I almost think we could each take a pull from each one of our lists. I agree. To fill out the bottom three. You know what I mean? We can decide where to rank them. So I say we put it to each other to figure out whatever you feel like your strongest one is that didn't get represented. And that's what you put forward. You know what I mean? So So if yours is Jesse James. Yep, it is. Then I'm totally on board with that. Um, I can stand behind that. I definitely do think it tells a similar story to what I had said. So I'm happy swapping that out. Um, I would almost put forward, because we already have some comic and sci fi represented of mine, I think I'd like Eduardo Severin and Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I think that's kind of that. a non represented on the list. Okay. And so, Mia, what would be
3: your pick for the one of the bottom three then? The prestige? The okay. prestige
2: which was going to be on my list anyway, So I love that too. So now we just got to rank them. So you said Jesse James is your number three. I'd personally be fine with that because I had put uh Jesus Christ. Superstar as my number three. Yeah. So they kind of tell the similar, similar tale. So I can get Mia behind that. Yop. Okay.
3: With that.
1: Yes.
2: Cool. Uh, I will say that I almost had my prestige as number four. So I'd be fine with the prestige at number four, Mia, if you wanted to do that. That's the one that I was I was almost trading out. Was
1: I had it prestige. on my honorable mentions
2: too. So it was definitely one that I want
3: represented.
1: I think with, so I put Eduardo and Mark at number four because they are a quintessential friends, became enemies via betrayal. Whereas prestige is like this, this, it's very intricately told and it's kind of more circular versus like angled <laughs> or more like I can get
3: behind that too. I like that. I, I do think that the, the friendship betrayal is probably more crux in the social network than yes. Um, so I prestige. would, I
1: was as much as I would love to have prestige higher, I really feel like Eduardo and Mark that they're like uh, coming apart was stronger, especially if you, after you described it to me. Like, prestige is great. But, oh, my God, if I watch that movie, I, I will probably be uh, super devastated you should. versus, yeah, like, that... awful, like, in awe, kind of confused when it came to the prestige. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, I can get I can get behind that. So let's do it then. So that puts prestige at number five and social network at number four. So that means we have a list. Yeah. All right, Mia. What's our list?
1: All right. At number five, we have Rupert and Alfred uh, from The Prestige. At number four, we have Eduardo and Mark from The Social Network. At number three, we have The Assassination of Jesse James. Number two is Obi-Wan and Anakin. And number one is Professor X and Magneto.
2: That's solid,
1: man. Super solid.
2: That is a a
3: strong list. And I think we should take the the guidance of this list and reestablish our best friendship
2: yeah turns out i love you guys you're all i love wonderful. you and i'm so happy that we're friends you i know. will say this is the best list to go watch all these movies in succession if you really want to be depressed <laughs> yes like if you just yeah. want to see friendship after friendship destroyed then watch all of these movies back to back
3: oh yeah love it that's your homework
2: guys be <laughs> everyone go be sad and in the meantime while you're sad don't forget to navigate your sad web browser over to project nerd.com uh where there are plenty of other podcasts that can make you happy when you listen to them um we have shows such as uh the g spot we've got where where we've got two amazing uh female hosts that talk all things geek and nerdiness goodness uh we've got video game podcasts if that's more your speed uh, we've got the, uh, those examples are top four and more and the game pitch. Uh, we've got movie podcasts. We're looking at you high five listeners. Um, we've got nerd centric podcasts that are on the network. We've got some upcoming shows that have never before seen the light of day. Uh, that'll be coming to you throughout the month of February and beyond. So go check it out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel project hyphen nerd as well, where we're going to have all sorts of video content for you throughout the year um yeah patreon sign up for the high five patreon uh give us your money so we can keep giving you the funnies um and uh and yeah other than that go watch sad movies to make you sad and then call your friends and tell them that you
0: love them
3: yay
0: We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H F-I-V-E T-H-E P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got yeah. Or connecting with them on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash High Five the Podcast. On Twitter at High the Number Five the Podcast. Instagram at High Five the Podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching High Five colon the Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Moving the headstones but not moving the bodies? Maybe. See you next week.